everybody. I'm Mike Westendorf with my special guest, once again, Pastor Pete Panitsky. Welcome to Great Questions, Great Conversations. Pastor Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm enjoying these conversations. So thanks so much for inviting me to join, Mike. Well, thanks for thanks for so much. We've had a, a number of people who've commented just about how helpful they are, interesting, and uh, we're grateful for the people who've been emailing us uh, questions. Um, we received an email yesterday with a couple of really good ones yeah. uh, that we might be tackling uh, in the future, too. Um, uh, today and uh, the next one, we'll, we'll uh, welcome in, our, hopefully, uh, if we can get, him on, get on his schedule, we'll be welcoming in uh, Counselor Jeffrey Bonak to t- help us with this conversation. But uh, Pastor Pete, uh, when I was teaching uh, public school confirmation, my favorite unit was teaching the Lord's Prayer. Um, in my adult life, I had forgotten what it is that these petitions mean, these like mini prayers within the, the prayer. And I'm getting to Luke's, um, uh, in, in, the, in the book of Luke, uh, his, I guess, his depiction of the Sermon on the Mount and, and the Lord's Prayer. And the disciples are like, Hey, Jesus, like John's disciples taught him them how to pray. Would you teach us how to pray? And then he gives us these petitions. And one of the ones when we get to it that um is always the the challenge, I think sometimes for me, my hunch is that it's probably a challenge for a lot of us as Christians, is when you get into the petition, um, that is the fifth petition, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I remember teaching that in the class. And um, I, I'm going through my curriculum, and the first time I went through it, I was like, huh, this seems to be somewhat conditional. I thought God's grace was just like pouring out on And then as I started like digging into some of the proof passages and started digging a little bit more, I thought, wow, there is a theology here that I have forgotten about. And I thought maybe as I, uh, we're going to ask Pastor Jeffrey Bonak to help us with how do we forgive better, but... Maybe we could spend some time today talking a little bit about what is forgiveness. What's God's expectation? That, that There's just such a tension in there. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Yes, please. As we forgive those who sin against us. Ooh. So there's an expectation here. Jesus taught us that. That's our introduction for this. We'd like to talk a little bit about the theology of forgiveness. And uh, Pastor Pete, where would you like to start? Well, I, I just... Uh... I want to say that the Lord's Prayer is one of those things that you know as a kid, but the more you live it and think about it, the deeper it goes. Yeah. Um, early on in my ministry, I've read someplace where you should have a, a one-sentence summary of the Lord's Prayer because you start to just say it by rote. Right, right. right. Uh, I've kind of moved past that. Now I realize that... Uh, when I say the Lord's Prayer, no matter what the conversation I just had, every one of the petitions somehow applies to that Lord's Prayer. So the mm-hmm. Lord's Prayer is a living prayer for me right now. But when I when I had that little phrase of, what does this petition mean? Uh, the forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Uh, mine was, forgive me for my forgivenesses. Um, you know, well, okay, that's, real, that's interesting. You know that that uh, I'm writing that uh, down. That that as as you know, we forgive those who sin against us, what a powerful call to repentance that is. 
you know, what sins do I have? You know, sometimes we don't even think about our sins or understand them. Uh, maybe especially as as kids, you know, oh, I'm supposed to forgive, you know, confess my sins. Well, you know, what? Uh, but if you think in terms of forgive my forgivenesses, how many times am I holding a grudge? Uh, how many times am I uh, wanting justice? Mm. Um, you know, if God really treats me the way I treat the people that I love around me, I'm in trouble. What a what a powerful call to repentance. So, yeah, that's interesting. And when we talk about you know, so let's let's for our listeners, let's unpack uh, the idea of sin. Um, I think that there's most of us would think about all right, don't like like the Ten Commandments or do not do this and do not do that and do not do that. So it's always in like this doing, and yet so we call those the sins of commission. So for all of you who have been in a catechism, you're like, I think I remember that. There was like another one, right? And then there's the sins of omission. Could you um maybe give us a little bit of a a definition of that? Because when we talk about sin, there's we sin in more ways than we realize. Right. So the the commission and omission is one way to, you know, expand our understanding of sin. And and by the way, I want to see my sin more clearly so that I appreciate God's grace more clearly. So as we're talking about sin here, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not to heap any any more guilt on us. Mm-hmm. It is to make us appreciate what Jesus has done. You know, I'm a farm boy and my favorite passage about all of this is you know, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The mm. law was added so that sin might increase. This is Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Mm. The law was added so that sin might increase. Not that we increase, that we sin more, but that we understand our sins more. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And the more clearly I see my sins, the more clearly I see my childhood at the county fair. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So I come to the story. County fair. And the first thing you do when you get to the county fair in the morning and you got animals there is you clean up the pen. And you take the manure outside the barn. Okay. And the bigger the pile of manure gets outside the barn, the more you appreciate that somebody is going to come with a tractor loader and a manure spreader and haul it away. You will never have to deal with it again. <laughs> so where sin increased, the bigger I see that pile in my <laughs> life, the more I appreciate that Jesus came with the tractor loader called the cross and just scooped all of that up and has hauled it all away. He's removed it from us as far as east is from west. So as we talk about I want to see my sin more clearly. It's not that I want to live in guilt. It's I want to appreciate God's forgiving grace more. So now back to commission and omission. Commission can, I, is, can I tell you real quick? I will never see cleaning the kitty litter box the same again. There you go. My my wife was not real thrilled when uh, the last time we went to the state fair, we were there after a concert and it was pretty late about 10 o'clock and this great big tractor loaders coming and and uh 
scooping all of this away from the dairy barn. <laughs> and I'm standing at the gate taking pictures and videos and, and she was just going, oh. <laughs> But it's Man, that is a fan picture for me as as a kid. Yeah, this this is what I lived, and so I yeah. So find your own picture. Yeah, kitty litter. You know, cleaning up the uh, the yard if you got a dog. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a great uh, illustration. I I really I really appreciate that that picture that, um, you know, our sin does create a lot of stink in our life, and we're we're. We do our we do our cleanup, so some of that's repentance, and some of that's repairing, you know, uh, changing the way that we live. But yet, there's the guilt that's sitting in the back of all of the junk that we've done, and it's there. And so we're we can't deal with that, and God has to, and He did. See, and and, and remember, every day in God's sight, you're you're you're, you're living in a a clean pig pen. Yeah. Right? And and. Uh... Your your job is not to try to undo what you did yesterday. Yeah. It's trying to live to God's glory today. I hope you and all... as long as we're talking about pigs, did you know that pigs are some of the cleanest animals ever? But I digress. Uh, it makes me want to eat ham and bacon a little bit more. Thanks for it sharing does. that. It does. Yeah. Anyway. That's great. So um, yeah, that's we, huge. We, we, we digressed off of commission and omission. Yes. So commission is sins that we actually do. So uh, if I tell a lie, that's a sin of commission. A sin of omission is I know the truth, but it will be uncomfortable for me to share that truth. And so I just don't say anything when... I really needed to speak up about something. That's, you know, I didn't do anything, but it's a sin of omission. I, I left something out that I should have done. So yeah. that's one way to let sin increase in our minds so that we appreciate God's grace. Omission, the idea that I didn't do anything. And that was the problem. Right. I didn't do anything. Right. There was an expectation that I I would step in in that moment or say something or speak up and, and I, and I didn't, that's really helpful. Um, what we've been talking about where the, the, where grace, where sin increased, I I've often thought about that because the whole establishment of the commandments that was always interesting, a little confusing to me that, um, like there was no sin before, but then the 10 commandments are given so that we can understand more clearly what sin is um, and for those of you who are, might be listening and are not Christian, this is probably one of those things that that is frustrating. Is all of a sudden there's this law that you know defines a right and a wrong, and yet we want to fight against the definition of what's right and wrong. And yet, why does it exist there to condemn me? Um, what's the point and purpose of this law? And you know, I, yeah, just, you know, and you kind of touched on. You know, the, the three purposes of the law. You know, the law, the God's moral will existed from creation. Like right from the beginning. Right. Like, th- like this was already written into creation, what was life and what would bring death, right? Right. And so when, 
at the time of Moses, God gives the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Paul says it very well. This law was added so that sin might increase. And I mean, you read the Old Testament law, especially, you know, all of the sacrifice laws and and the kosher food laws. and, And it was, you know, God added laws on top of his moral will for all people to the Jews so that they would go, Ah, we need a savior because there's nothing, you know, we can't turn around and we're sinning. Um, so that was the purpose, but it's, it's not like the 10 commandments didn't exist. It's just now they are recorded. It was, people knew it was wrong to murder. Yeah. Before God said, thou shalt not murder at, at Mount Sinai. People knew it was wrong to commit adultery before God said, thou shalt not commit adultery. They knew it was wrong to worship some other God uh, when, you know, before before Mount Sinai, because basically Adam and Eve worshipped another God. They worshipped yeah. Satan themselves. Right. So the law is there, but now let's write it down so that we can see it more clearly. And we're talking about it here, not to, to burden people's consciences, but to make people understand more clearly what God's law is so that we appreciate God's grace. So, the law is a mirror showing us our sin. But then as forgiven children of God, living in a clean pig pen, right? Mm. how do I best serve this God who was so gracious to me? He gives me instructions. You know, and, and if you don't have the instructions, you mess up. Yeah, yeah. So, so this past week, my battery died on the car. And my radio in the car has an anti-theft device, you know, and I'm trying to remember the code and how to plug the code in to oh, get no. my radio working again. Well, I spent some time looking through the 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 the, the code of law called the 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 handbook right. and found out what are the rules to to get my radio working again and what's the code. Um, so that I can enjoy the radio again. Mm. So God is saying, I want you to enjoy life. That's what the commandments are really for. Yeah, right. And and just watch any soap opera type TV program. Right. The, the drama is there because some main character sins. Yep. And now they're trying to figure it out. Our lives are not nearly filled with so much drama if we are simply faithful to the to the rules that God has given us, the, 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 the guidebook for life. So, yes, it shows us our sin. It's a mirror. But for us as believers, it's, oh, I, 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 can, I can figure out my life better if I, if I do this. Mm-hmm. So we, we wanted to make sure we spent a little bit of time on that, because when we say, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, you can just blow by that without really contemplating what it is that we're talking about. Um, coming back to that petition, mm-hmm. um, I get the, and I'm eager to pray the, forgive me my sins. You know, I want that peace, and I want that, um, you know, the clean pig pen. You know the, right. the do over, the start over, so that I can I can live life better for Jesus. 
And it's interesting then he, he immediately ties it to as we forgive those who sin against us. Um, I I had a few thoughts, but I'm I'm kind of wondering if you'd lead us you know, start this one. What is he talking about? It seems to be conditional. I I think he is you know in, as Jesus prays this prayer, he is using that second phrase of the petition as the law as a mirror to call us to repentance. That we will, we always want to grow in our forgiveness. In fact, this is probably, it's related to what marks us off as Christians. You know, John, Jesus and John said, you know, by this all people will know that you love one another, uh, if you, that you're my disciples, if you yeah. love one another. Right. Well, guess what? To love somebody, you got to forgive them over and over and over again. You know, and, and let's just, well, you and I are friends. Mm-hmm. We love each other as brothers in Christ. Yeah. But we work together. We step on each <laughs> other's toes. Yep. And and we we need to extend grace to each other. So that's right. that's what love is. And so I think it's just so critical uh, how we treat each other is the measure of our Christian faith. You know, sometimes like people will go to a Bible study and they'll go, wow, all these people know more about the Bible than me. Knowledge in and of itself isn't spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is saying, I'm going to love you and forgive you, even though you've sinned against me many times, uh, even though it hurts. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, forgiveness doesn't doesn't mean, oh, that's okay, it didn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, or, or uh, you know, there's no consequences, but I, I still love you. Yeah. Um, it's a clock, 1 Corinthians 13, right? Uh, right. You know, we speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. You're just, you're nothing. So I, I think that's the, the the rationale behind Jesus. And, you know, the disciples didn't get along so well sometimes. Yeah, yeah that idea that love bears all things. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, that picture. You know, I also thought that... that I'm glad that you went there because I've always thought about that one too. What what marks the church as unique? You know that idea of loving, loving one another, and that's where we really want to start. I mean, that's why I think the idea of the family, grace in our family. How does a family survive? Uh, how does a marriage survive? It has to start with, I have a lot of junk, and God's forgiven me a lot of junk. And it's the it's the power and the empowerment for me to be able to extend, sometimes in joy and sometimes in law, <laughs> you know, sometimes I joyful. I want this relationship to work, and uh, and and so I'm I'm eager to extend forgiveness. Other times I could care less if this relationship works. That's where my heart might be, but God cares that this relationship works, and therefore, it there's. Like you said, the forgive my forgiveness is it's yeah. not always very good. As you're talking, you know, I'm I'm going back to that fear scale that we used a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
as you're talking, you realize, oh, yeah, our love scale is like that, too. The stronger our faith, the more the love and care that we show towards each other Mm -hmm. is, man, this is what I really want to do. And when our faith is weak and the and the burdens are great, sometimes it's I'm showing love for you, but boy, it I'm not enjoying showing love for you. Uh, and the solution is really, yeah, how can I get closer to Jesus? Yeah, um, because his his grace was unconditional. You know, so often our our forgiveness is conditional. Yeah, I, sure. I'll forgive you if you kind of have earned it. Yeah, but uh, you know, so often people don't do what we want them to do, right? And and how can they ever earn forgiveness when they're continuing to do stuff that drives us crazy? Yeah, and and we talk about this on a number of different occasions that there's when sin happens, it it brings death to things, and relationship is the primary, and and that um, forgiveness doesn't mean that. It, from our from our space in a sinful world that we're going to simply give you your position back if like if you're an abuser or you have a, have an abusive situation um that it may not be safe for you to be in that space but the healing of the of my heart comes when i extend forgiveness um and i let go of of i guess the the justice then justice can go back to god and god will deal with that but I think that's that's really critical, Mike. That that um, I, I am very fearful that some people who are in those kind of relationships will hear God's call to forgive as right. then there are no consequences, right. and and right forgiveness is really what happens here in my heart. Let, like you said, letting letting God be the judge, but Lord, remove the bitterness and anger that I feel because that is not helping me, and it certainly won't help this person that I'm that I am struggling with. Right. Um, but yeah, if a person is unrepentant, yep. Uh, God is the perfect judge; He knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's forgiveness, but then there's consequence. And that that is a part of God's judgment on sin. Is that fair to say? Uh, in, you know, that we experience in this world, but it's also part of his call. You know, we see we see the consequence that becomes our awareness of our sin and the need to go back to the cross, back to Jesus for the reminder that even that has been forgiven. So let's say you are let's say you are the murderer. You know, you're, you're getting, you're in prison, you're listening to this and that this is where you're at. You did something and there's a consequence that comes against it. Um, can God forgive that? Yes. Um, See, but, but will we, but, but will you immediately, well, God forgives me so I can just go back to living the way that I, I, I want to live. <laughs> Time out. I'm laughing because I'm thinking of, oh brother, where art thou? <laughs> where, where the, the, one guy runs in into the water and gets baptized and says, yes. now I'm free from my sins and I can't go back to jail. And the other characters are going, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. God, God may forgive you, but the state of Texas does not. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
Um, it, when I uh, teach the membership Bible study, uh, right at, John, at Genesis chapter 3, after the fall into sin and the promise of the Savior, I talk about two distinctions that I think are very helpful that we don't use very often. The distinction between chastisement and punishment. Hmm. So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, is the promise of the Savior, that the, the, you know, the seed of the woman, the, the child that would be ultimately born from the woman, from ended up being the Virgin Mary, would crush Satan's head. There's the promise of the Savior. And then comes the consequences of sin. You know, that that marriage relationships are, are going to be this, this sin causes it to be the struggle rather than this marvelous, you know, uh, unity. Uh, and that life is hard and we worry and, and ultimately we're going to die. Yeah. So the question is, what's God's purpose in this? Is God punishing Adam and Eve? Well, wait a second. He just gave them the promise of the Savior. He is talking to people that he loves. These consequences are chastisement, the kind of thing that a, a, a parent does for a child. I am doing, uh, you, you, have, you are suffering consequences of what you did because I love you and I want you to learn from this. But for an unbeliever, the exact same consequences are punishment, right? When an unbeliever dies, that's punishment from God because they have rejected the promised Savior. Right. And death is the entrance into eternal death and eternal you know, torment. Um, and so as we go through life, for us as Christians to recognize Something that's happening to us as believers, it is always the chastisement of a loving God. It's, it's not punishment because my sins have been forgiven. For the unbeliever, I get that they look at God and say, you must be punishing me because they don't see any forgiveness. Oh. Right? Yeah, that's big right there. Hmm. Kind of like to camp out on that just a bit. Let me run that back. Um, what I what I heard you say is, and I've heard this said from a number of different spaces, and it's in the Bible. You know that God disciplines those He loves. Therefore, when I experience the consequences of my sin, because God loves me, the punishment was already paid for by Jesus. Um, my sins are forgiven. Therefore, the consequence I experience is God's discipleship. We talked a little bit that it's his disciplining of me so that, um, again, my life would be one that reflects him better. I can love my brothers and sisters in Christ and I can be a witness to the world that reflects him. But for the person who does not believe in Jesus, now Jesus has died for their sins too, but their lack of faith means they have no benefit from that because they don't believe it. Right. And as a result, what they're feeling is God is punishing me is actually correct because they do not understand forgiveness and they do not receive it. Is that is that yeah. right? Yeah, they're standing outside of Jesus, right? And yeah. Outside of Jesus, God looks at us and sees our sins, 
Right. You know, that, that's interesting because culturally speaking, when you hear people who, who um, have a gross misconception of what Jesus is, don't believe him, just want to live their own way, and they hear Christians talk, what they're hearing is punishment and a threat of punishment. Reminds me of the, uh, uh, what's, what's the passage that talks about how uh, to some we are the fragrance of God, to others we're the stench of death. Right. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians 4. Maybe 2 Corinthians 4. So, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So when we see the when we see the world, and we hear the comments of people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, this stinks of death, and they don't want to hear this. They can only hear punishment. Yeah, and 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 you know, that relates to how do we how do we reach people who are far from Christ? Um, you know. We always, you know, used to think in terms of law and gospel. You preach law and gospel. Right. The reality is you preach gospel, law, gospel. Right. You know, that that uh, people need to know that, that we have a God who loves them unconditionally uh, and wants something really good for them. And, and we're not interested in changing your behavior. That to me is 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 so hard to come to grips with. Yeah. So that my goal as a Christian is not to change somebody's behavior. Um my my goal is to lead them to Jesus. And then if they have a relationship with Jesus, they will gradually grow in their Christian living. You know, and if there's sinful behavior that that will change. But I, yeah. I can't go in. You know, whenever I go in with my goal is to change behavior, I'm just driving them farther away from God. That's huge, Pete. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking as, as dad, you know, sometimes when I, when I see a behavior that I don't like, you know, and so of course I'm supposed to discipline, you know, and I'm supposed to make sure you understand how dumb this is or how how this is not benefiting i'm i'm actually driving this, wow so so you you still need to speak to that issue yeah how do we make clear you know it's not just i want you to do the right thing and i think we have to be honest too sometimes as parents and as spouses we want our our, our loved ones to do the right thing not because it's god's law but because this is our opinion mhm yeah <laughs> you know? Uh, but if somebody is truly doing something wrong, uh, how do we convey, I'm I'm not just concerned that you do the right thing, I'm concerned that you do the right thing out of love for Jesus. This is like Which therapy, is Pete. Hard. This is good. As a parent, oh man. You know, uh, I, I, I tell people that... Uh, when they're getting married, they're 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 entering into the second most sinful sin producing relationship they can get into, hmm. and then when they become a parent, it's it is the most sin producing relationship you can get into, because when you get married, suddenly you realize, 
holy cast, I can say the right words, but with the wrong tone. And I can't yes. think of my life. Yeah, there's you know, a whole so bunch I of other laws. More clearly. Yeah. And then when you become a parent, you, you want, you know, you want the best for your kids. And the harder you try, the more you realize, boy, there's so much more I want to, I, I want to do better for my kids. Because, my, you know, I love my kids enough that I, I want them to have a p- perfect parent. And I'm not. And so I, I need to claim again God's forgiveness and grace. And that will put me in a good place as I talk with my children, with my spouse. You know, I want what's best for them. And I am failing. Uh, and I appreciate God's forgiveness. And I want them to know that too. That's awesome. This has been good. Uh, this is kind of a two-part on this this topic of forgiveness. And we, we wanted to... I really appreciate this, Pastor Pete, that um, this has been good. This was exactly what I was praying would come out of this. God be praised. I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I told Mike beforehand, I'm going, I'm not sure this isn't for me, but we've gone in directions I had no idea we would go. Yeah, yeah. Um, next week, what we want to talk about, um, and our, our, we're praying that uh, Jeffrey Bonac will be able to, to jump in on, on the podcast with us because we, okay, God is pretty serious about Forgiveness. In fact, he's he's um, to the cross serious about forgiveness. It is the lifeblood of our relationship with him. Therefore, forgiveness and grace is the lifeblood of relationship with other people, both Amen. those who know Christ and those who don't. Um, but man, like you said, it is just so hard. Um, both what do you do with it when you just have failed miserably? miserably but how, I think the, the question starts to become, how do you forgive others? If God has an expectation that I forgive, how the heck do I do that with people that I don't like, who've been mean to me, who have hurt me? Um, What is the boundary of the relationship after forgiveness? If that person has been evil, you know, to me, Um, or maybe somebody has set up a boundary against me because I've been evil to them. So what does forgiveness look like? You know, you think about parent child relationships that are just, they're dead for 20 years because forgiveness is at an impasse. So what we're going to try to do next time is we're going to try to talk a little bit more with uh, our counselor, Jeffrey Bonac and get some insights and some strategies on, on how to do that um, both from a counseling standpoint, but from God's word. So pastor, I'm looking forward to hearing that one. (laughs) So am I, so am I, thanks for setting this up uh, so beautifully for that conversation. Um, I'm Mike Westendorf. This is pastor Pete and you are listening to great questions, great conversations If you have some questions that you'd like to see us uh, tackle and get into a conversation over and about, uh, please do let us know. You can uh, respond through the various ways that you're listening to it. Uh, You can uh, also email me at mwestendorf at stpmuskego.org, and we'll put that at least in the YouTube notes. Um, But God's blessings, and we will see you guys again next time. 